There's always something new and exciting happening in Montgomery County, Maryland. Join podcaster and business leader Kelly Leonard and me, Bob Levy, on another episode of Something to Talk About, where we speak with industry leaders making an impact in our county. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our interview today at Hospitality Property School is with Stacy Garcia, an internationally celebrated designer and owner of multiple companies established under her umbrella company, Stacy Garcia, Inc. Welcome to another edition of Hospitality Property School. I am your instructor, Jerry McPherson. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it now and make sure to hit the little bell so you'll be informed when I upload a new video. You won't want to miss anything I designed especially for you. Stacy has partnered with some of the world-leading manufacturers and retailers to create products for hospitality properties that include her exclusive draperies, rugs, wall coverings, furniture and accessories that enhance rooms of some of the world's most luxurious hotels and resorts, including Marriott, Hyatt and Hilton. All that being said, let's jump into our chat. All right, our interview today at the Hospitality Property School is with Stacy Garcia, an internationally celebrated designer and owner of multiple companies that fall under her umbrella company, Stacy Garcia Incorporated. Stacy has partnered with some of the world's leading manufacturers and retailers to create products for hospitality properties that include her exclusive draperies, rugs, wall coverings, furniture and accessories, that complements some of the world's most famous hotels and resort chains, including Marriott, Hyatt, and Hilton. Stacy is a leader in the design industry and has been featured in interior design, boutique design, interior and sources, Bloomberg Business, Lux, architecture design, and traditional home. And I am thrilled, Stacy, that you have taken the time to share your expertise with us. All that being said, are you ready to jump into this? Oh, Jerry, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak with you today. Oh, this is wonderful. Okay, I'm curious. What attracted you to the design industry? So, you know, it's interesting. My passion for design, I would say, really started as a passion for the arts. And originally as a kid, I was one of those kids that wasn't, you know, sporty. I think children sort of gravitate toward things that they're good at or things that they're encouraged about. Um, and for me, it was art, the arts. So I was doing all of my extracurriculars in clay and sewing and, you know, 3D building. Um, so I even took a class. I, you know, I remember this like yesterday in elementary school, they offered a class in making dollhouse furniture. And so, you know, those were the things that I used to spend my time, you know, just painstakingly making these little miniatures that you could put into a dollhouse. 
And I think, you know, that was it for me. I kind of fell in love with the arts and ultimately found a career in design. Nice. And that led you into uh, uh, hospitality property or hotel interior design? So I actually studied something in school called surface pattern design. So I'm not an interior designer by training. I am a designer. I have a bachelor in fine arts. I was hand painting and and very early computer when I studied. Now I'll date myself, but uh, painting these patterns and we learned how to do applied um, surfaces. So everything from wallpaper, carpet, textiles, even dinnerware, China, decorative arts, things that you would put sort of decorative design on is what I studied in school. And my first job out was in the textile industry designing. I first interned for Ralph Lauren. So sort of that exposure to where magic happens at a brand level, which was definitely planted some early seeds for me. And then moved on at my first job designing bedding for sort of mass market catalog business um, in one of the main two textile buildings in New York City at the time. And when I left that company, all I had to do was move three floors up on the elevator because the whole building was textile companies. And I took a job at one of the largest fabric converters in what was called their contract division. And their their contract division was really code for things that met commercial standards uh, from a flammability and performance standpoint, mostly focused on hospitality. And that was my first foray. I mean, I had no idea at the time as a young designer that hospitality design or hotel design was even a niche within the world of design. And my first exposure was traveling with one of our sales reps to Las Vegas. And if you can imagine at the time, you know, all the hotels were themed. They were totally crazy. Some of them still stand today. And, you know, back in the day, I mean, we were designing patterns for the beds. You know, we were doing these crazy patterns for bedspreads and crazy patterns on the drapes and everything was colorful and themed and it was just off the charts, you know, from a design standpoint, because people didn't have to live with this. You know, you weren't convincing someone to put it in their home and make it an investment. This was like fantasy land that you got to design for. And, and I was hooked. I mean, as a young designer, I was like, this is the industry that I want to be putting my time and, you know, talent into. Nice. Wow. That's uh, that'd be kind of mind blowing starting off there. Okay. Um, oh yeah. And, Okay, if I were a hotel owner uh, or a resort owner and I wanted to uh, create something that was a little different, a little different from the norm, what elements, this, oh no, I, I think I can ask you that. What elements would I have to consider when designing a hospitality property? So it's interesting. I'm actually a chairholder of a group called Color Marketing Group, or CMG for short. And Color Marketing Group is an international association of color forecasters. And we get together once a year, and then we break out sessions. Depend, it's a, Because it's international, we break out different countries as well. So we have a Latin American contingent, an Asian contingent, a North American contingent. And there is, what's interesting about it is we get together to predict what the future colors are. And the reason I'm answering this question with sort of that statement first is one of the things when you look at the psychology of interior design, one of the first things, or even buying behavior, 
one of the first things that moves a consumer to have an emotional reaction is color. So to answer your question, you know, for me, one of the most important things that you can do as an independent hotel owner or boutique hotel owner, you're putting your stamp on a property, whether it has a flag or not. If you want it to stand out from the crowd, consider color first. You know, it's an inexpensive way to really move the needle for you and bring you an identifiable brand or an identifiable statement. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we track and color can have an emotional impact. It does trigger buying decisions, but it also can sort of make us either feel more calm, make us have an appetite, raise our energy level. So you can do a lot from kind of a color psychology perspective, depending on the choices that you're making. Okay. So I know nothing about this. I know nothing about color. How do I do that? Where do well, I, I go to to find out trying. what the trend is? Yeah, I know. I think it's, you know, in terms of choosing color, I really think it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Like, what do you want your property to represent? What's the story behind it? You know, what are you trying to have people feel when they walk into your property beyond the welcome of hospitality, right? What's the vibe that you want? And you would make those color decisions from there. I think how you accomplish that as an owner, you know, it may be to lean into the professionals, right? Whether that's hiring an interior designer or working with an FF&E supply firm that also houses the designers, working with companies like ours, which are experts in color and trend. Um, you know, there's lots of ways to attack it, but I would say, you know, you want to have thought process that goes behind it from someone who's trained to understand how to best utilize color uh, to give you a signature mark. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, there's all kinds of companies popping up today, even from a branding perspective. So I would say to you, you know, one of the things that I find fascinating as I've witnessed the hospitality industry sort of evolve over the last 20 plus years is the idea of storytelling becoming more and more important. So it's really, today it's not about a theme like it was you know, back in the day when I started and you know, it was the New York, New York Hotel mm -hmm. or you know, whatever it was that was the theme at the time, the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas. Um, today it's really about what's the story. And that story is best told, I believe, you know, sort of through the lens of locale, or through the lens of maybe the ownership or something special that happened there, because stories touch the soul of the consumer. They, they touch the soul of your guest and they become much more memorable. You know, it, it's embedded in a deeper level, you know, almost on a cellular level when you do it right. And so part of the evolution on like, how do you pick the right color? Or how do you, you know, take those moments within your property? One of the things I'm seeing successful hotel ownership groups do today is almost tap a branding agency first. So they nail their story mm. first. They nail their what their brand essence is going to be about first. They develop those pillars. Some of those might have a color, you know, as part of it. Some of them are sort of what are the emotions that we're going to capture. And then once they have that down, then they move into the interior design. Then they move into the architecture of the space. But they sort of have their story down first. Wow, that makes total sense. Okay, have you uh, noticed many changes in just the last couple of years because it's been a crazy couple of years in the industry and yeah <laughs> one of the biggest changes i've seen is guest expectations have you seen that in your uh, business i would say absolutely and across the board um mm. look you know the 
a couple things have happened. Um, we call them when we're looking at forecasting trends in general, right? Whether they're financial trends or design trends or color trends or consumer behavior trends. One of the, the major things that happened, the name for that is a driver, you know, something that's going to move the needle on a change in behavior. What's driving those trends? So we had a couple major drivers happen. One of them obviously is COVID. So you go through a pandemic, completely, you know, shuts out travel. People are now locked down at home and, you know, they're, they're not moving around and you're kind of confined to your four walls. And what we saw at that time frame was a real uptick in people investing in their homes. So, uh, you know, on, on the other side of my business, where we design furniture and fabrics and consumer goods and housewares, we saw a major uptick in residential spending, you know, people really investing in the quality of their homes, but they missed traveling. You know, you miss the experience, mm. you miss getting out of your, your house, you miss meeting people and talking to human beings and being immersed in a new culture and tasting the food and whatever it is, even meeting face-to-face from a business perspective, you can't replicate that in your four walls. And so there was this huge pent up demand and people started, you know, really dreaming about, and they had all this extra money too, they were putting away because they weren't using their cars and they weren't driving anywhere, really starting to plan their trips. And I've been joking with my husband that I said, he and I are going to single-handedly bring back the hospitality industry <laughs> because it's like, I think we had eight trips planned this year, even if they were long weekends. It was like, I just need to, we need to go to Utah. I need to go, you know, even on the business trip side, you know, we're going to Frankfurt this year. We're going to go to Italy, you know, where all these places that we would have gone to over the last three years, you know, in dribs and drabs are now it's like, I want to be on the road, you know, every six weeks, I, I need to be going somewhere new. I have to be kind of feeling that piece. And you see the same thing from consumers. So they spent two and a half years dreaming about where they wanted to go, making their Pinterest board, doing the research. Their expectations are so high, you know, because this is, it's almost like planning a wedding. You know, planning yes. a trip today is almost like it used to be. You planned a wedding, you had this big vision in your head. Well, you've been planning this trip for two and a half years. So that's part of what the driver is. You know, and the other driver is just access to information. You know, it's the idea of the sharing economy, but in this case, it's sharing of information. It's sharing of photographs. It's the TripAdvisor reviews. It's people booking travel. I'm, I'm one of them. One of the places that's on my, my hit list for the year is the Maldives. And, you know, oh, okay. that's someplace that was on my radar because of Instagram. You know, I'm looking at pictures and saying, wow, you know, not just Condé Nast travel review anymore. You know, people are finding inspiring places to go on social media, you know, sort of the unexpected places you know you're following hashtags you're seeing where people are going what kind of experiences they're having and you you end up kind of crafting your travel list based on some of those things you know whether it's tiktok or instagram or you know facebook you know obviously TripAdvisor is still really mm -hmm. important and um so you, you know you have the sharing of information that raises guest expectations um and Combined with, I know so many hotel properties are still in pain in terms of finding people. Um, so, you know, there was definitely the workforce migrated, you know, over COVID and found other jobs outside of the restaurant industry, outside of hospitality. And so there's definitely a challenge in sort of being able to service all of this influx of travelers. But, um, you know, I think I think the industry is rising to the occasion and um, travelers, I think, are just so happy to be out. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I'm I, I'm glad you pinpointed or you talked you mentioned uh, employees. 
is design important for employees at a property? A hundred percent. And I think, you know, the best interior designers are considering back of house as much as front of house. Hmm. Um, so not only for efficiencies that are built in, you know, on how well somebody can do their job based on where things are located, you know, sort of really thinking through workflow, but also based on employee happiness, you know, sort of the comfort level of the employees. So you really have to take both of those things into account um, when you're considering it. You know, the design piece cannot end at front of house. It really has to be thought through all the way. And the best interior design firms are in there, you know, with owner operators really thinking through how that's going to work. And then second to that, you know, not just employee um, happiness, but another really important piece of thinking through design is not just how is it going to look when I first take my pictures and put it up onto the reservation site? How is it going to look a year from now? How is it going to look three years from now? Is this going to wear and tear well? And, you know, what we call it in, in my side of the business is appearance retention. Is this going to hold its appearance retention or is it going to get dinged, you know, the second a luggage cart hits it? And, you know, those are things, my advice for owners and operators listening to this is I'm going to quote my grandmother, who was from Germany, by the way, Jerry, um, who says, she used to say, what's cheap is expensive. And, you know, what she meant by that is you may get the short term gain, you know, where you don't have to put your hand in your pocket, you kind of go the cheaper route. And sometimes that might mean painting your hallways. But in the long run, it's expensive, because you have to consider how much is it going to cost you in maintenance over the life of that hallway? How much is it going to cost you in maintenance over the life of that inexpensive, whatever it is, furniture piece, toilet, you name it. And, you know, you start adding up the cost of maintaining it and the cost of engineering and the cost of repair. It costs you more money in the long run. It ends up being more expensive. So, you know, I I definitely say when you're looking at it, it's a mistake. I see so many small owners make because they sort of go for the least expensive option. And ultimately, over time, it ends up costing them more headache. They're the ones who have to live with it. And you don't want to regret the decision. So, you know, I always say balance um, budget with sort of the the life of the product. And, And when you do sort of upgrade and make the decisions to do something that really does meet those standards, you're going to be happy with it. I mean, we've seen our product last I, I, we just got a reorder from a property we designed. I know this is very naughty. Fifteen years ago, um, oh, okay. and they, we were their first call because they said, "Hey, your textiles lasted fifteen years. The product lasted fifteen years. We're going to rebuy from you." And you know that it's a testament to not cheaping out. Um, you know, to really sort of making decisions for things that are tested and made to wear well because. Nothing, you know, you, you don't want to see those photos end up on TripAdvisor either when you talk about guest expectations. You know, they're the ones who are taking their cameras, zooming in on every ding and nick and bang and posting them also. And it makes it can make or break somebody deciding to stay with you. So quality is really important. There should be a absolutely. I mean, for sure. And there are very specific quality standards that go along with the hospitality industry on almost all furnishings. Oh, okay. Have you, now you are, one of your many claims to fame is a trend forecaster. Is there anything coming up in the next year or two that you could share? Yeah. So, you know, some of the trends that we're seeing in terms of what's important to people and sort of what's on their radar, 
we talked a little bit about storytelling. So sort of wanting to know, you know, the, the backstory, what's the soul of the property? You know, why would I stay here? What makes it special? So that's part of it. We're seeing a big trend again in sort of this more than even eco travel, but these sort of real connection to nature. And again, I think some of that was, you know, due to this quarantine mentality, um, the, the realization that the closer we are to nature, the more calm we are. And so sort of creating these experiences that do bring the outdoors in, that do sort of ground you to wherever the locale is, is an ongoing trend as well. We're seeing that um, bringing the outdoors in, even sort of thinking about patio spaces, thinking about adding balconies to properties, thinking about having doors that slide open are important when you're considering architecture, having outdoor spaces. So we're seeing a lot of uh, hotel ownerships leaning into how to maximize outdoor space as well, um, whether that's with fire pits, outdoor seating areas, sort of really, even in the winter months, they're sort of trying to get, you know, depending on where you're located, we're seeing, you know, three seasons of outdoor living almost um, as much as possible, because I think it's something that guests really are enjoying. And um, even things like living walls. So bringing nature in, I'm seeing, you know, kitschy things like, you know, each room you can request a potted plant if you want, um, things like that as well. But really thinking about kind of what's special about your location and how do you speak to that as part of your um, property is is definitely a trend, you know, not so specific. It's more what we would call a macro trend and overarching trend. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. I know property owners that are nervous about... Uh, redesigning their property and and trying to make everything modern and, and get everything new. What do you think of uh, eclectic design? Oh, that's my jam, Jerry. That's, oh, okay. you know, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I actually call my own personal style modern eclectic. So what comes out of our studio, you know, it's always through a contemporary lens, sort of a modern lens, because we want it to look like it's today. You know, nobody wants to stay in a property, uh, you know, unless you're going to Graceland where it's like a time capsule, right? Uh, or to visit Versailles. No one wants to really feel like they're walking into a time capsule. So I think, you know, the, the magic of interior design is to take a modern lens to it, to take it through the lens of how people really live today how it's going to sort of be reinterpreted with something that's a little unexpected. But the eclectic piece is sort of taking that, like you said, whether it's a vintage piece, an antique piece, something that nods to something historical, it could be a global textile, and sprinkling that into the interior design, because that gives it more of a one-of-a-kind look. It looks more mm -hmm. curated. It, it nods to the storytelling that you're trying to do, whatever that is, whether it's mid-century, whether it's Victorian, you know, whatever your story is, you can kind of pick up pieces and help weave that story into the property that way. And, you know, at the same time, be, be sustainable because, you know, sort of giving things new life um, is a, a really nice way to do that. And that might be reupholstering pieces, you know, rather than just replacing. And, um, you know, so there's lots of things that you can do 
to really upgrade a property without having to start from scratch or make everything super sleek and super modern. I, I like the balance. Um, I like a little bit of tension between the modern and the old. And could you carry this on into, let's say, a property's restaurant? I think you should. So, okay. you know, not just could, I, I think you should. So for me, you know, when you stay at a property, I think food service and how that's carried out should be a thread that comes off of the main. So, you know, it, it can have its own branding. You know, it, it absolutely can be done, you know, if you wanted to bring in a, a chef and tell a story through the food that way. But I do think that the best properties have really thought through, whether it's bar, restaurant, you know, what their whole food sor- service story is. And then it's kind of an offshoot of what the main uh, theme is so that it, it feels cohesive, you know, so that it's not sort of this thing that was just placed there because you had to deal with a breakfast service. All right. If I were to come to you as a property owner and I was looking to uh, redesign my property, actually, I'm speaking from experience here. Some property owners I know don't consider the flow of the property. I'll have something here and then Mm -hmm. something there and something there. And it's not really easy to uh, move around in. Is flow something that I should consider when uh, designing a new property or rejuvenating a property? Yeah, that's a great question. And flow is really important because when you can really consider how a guest is moving through the property, you can maximize your return on the space. So, you know, when you think about not having somebody super chopped up and what's the best use, you know, in terms of I'm thinking about, you know, sort of public space. So sort of lobby area, reception area, maybe there's a gift shop, maybe there's a, a breakfast nook, maybe there's um a bar, you know, or coffee shop, when you can maximize flow and sort of maximize space, you can get a higher return on that. You know, guests are more likely to find the coffee shop and spend there. They're more likely to find the bar and spend there, find the gift shop and spend there um, than just maybe they wander into it because they happen to turn down that hallway. So you don't want to hide things. You also want it to feel comfortable. So when it's more open, when it's more thought out, when there's better flow, as you're saying, people feel comfortable lingering longer. Um, And a lot of times property owners, especially independents, you know, maybe you own one or two, maybe, you know, this isn't something that architecture or interior design or color forecasting or trend forecasting is part of what your thought process was, but you love the idea of hospitality and you like the idea of investing in real estate. You have to really, again, it's where I come back to it, lean into some of the experts because maximizing that space will ultimately get you a better return over time. And you want the guests to feel comfortable lingering. That's where then they go, oh, you know what? I will have that cocktail. Um, That's where you can really start to see, again, some of that ROI in spending, you know, to to move some walls around and and get things to flow a little better. Yeah, it makes total sense to me. I want to come back to something you mentioned a couple of minutes ago about uh, nature. I've noticed an uptick in health and wellness. Yes. Have you noticed that? I think that goes along with it, you know, and, and yes, a hundred percent mental health, especially has been, you know, a a hot topic over the last few years, um, really coming to the forefront, right. It was something that people I think felt ashamed of, or didn't want to talk about for a long time. And, and that's been something that's really, I think, started to break through that we're saying, hey, this is important, you know, almost back to what you were saying about the wellness of the employees, how the space works in a property for them um, so that you can maintain 
those good employees and that they feel good in your space, not just your guests. Um, health and wellness overarching, you know, including mental health, including physical health, is a huge macro trend. And I think bringing nature, you know, or surrounding nature is part of people looking to attack that piece, you know, to sort of say, okay, how can I unplug? How can I rejuvenate? You know, how can I sort of connect more with Mother Earth? How can I be more present, not only, you know, in my body, but sort of in the moment, you know, in this travel experience. And so they are seeking spaces where they feel reprieve and, um, you know, sort of can get away from whatever it is their life looks like, you know, whether that's urban, suburban or rural, the idea of sometimes you just need to get away so that you can have that reset, you know, so, and that might be kicking off a healthy lifestyle that might be kicking off yoga or meditation practice, or it might be already part of your practice. And so considering even to your point, not only the interiors, but food and beverage, you know, thinking about offering, maybe it's fresh squeezed juices, maybe it's really thinking about making sure that you have a fitness center, wherever you can put that, um, carving out those spaces really speaks to people's desire to have that healthy lifestyle uh, move along with them, even when they're traveling. Excellent. Okay. Now, I'm a strong believer that it doesn't matter what the size of the hospitality property is, you should have an operations manual. And I mention that quite often when I'm speaking to somebody for the first time or a new owner, that it's really important. And quite often I hear owners getting a little nervous about the idea of putting something in stone and it not moving. And I try to explain, no, it's a breathing entity. It's always changing. It's always growing. I feel the same about interior design that some people get a little nervous at the idea, okay, this is where it's going to be. And it's going to have to stay this way for years and years and years and years and years. What do you feel about that? Is, is interior design something that could be evolving? It, it is. And when I do talks on trends, um, specifically toward interior design, I always preface by saying, you know, when we're looking at trends, we're looking for evolution, not revolution. Oh, and like that. that's important because revolution tends to be more of a fad. You know, we're like, oh, it's cool. You're the new, you know, cool, buzzy hotel. You're the cool, buzzy property. And then kind of three years later, it's not cool anymore because it's almost like a TikTok trend. Well, that dance is out of style. Yep. We're moving on. And that's a horrible way to invest your money because when you're talking about interior design, interior architecture, hospitality, all of the above, these are investments that are a long-term investment. So my expectation, along with most of the designers and the ownership groups and the brands that we're doing business with, there's an expectation that whatever we're specifying, whatever we're working with them on, is going to not only last for at least a seven-year cycle, but it's going to look good over that period of time. And then you evolve off of it. And the reason is because on your next renovation cycle, you're not gutting the bathroom. You're not getting rid of case goods. So it is definitely an evolution of interior design in the hotel world. You know, The expectation would be your case goods should live for the next seven years. So that might be a 14 or 15-year investment. Your tile, your bathroom might be a 21-year investment. So you're going to have to evolve that soft goods package every seven or so years along with the things that are staying. And that is that evolutionary process for interior design, especially in the hospitality industry. 
Okay, you gave us a little tidbit about the next year or two, how things might evolve. Um, I might put you on the spot here. What do you foresee maybe in the next 10 years? Oh, boy. I think the 10 years, you know, could be like the Wild West. I mean, when we're really looking down the road that far, you know, there's other things that are going to impact our industry that are just, just beginning to bubble up. And one of those is the metaverse. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but as somebody who's a futurist and as somebody who's a trend forecaster, we're really looking at emerging technology and, and how that's going to impact our world and how people experience things and how they find out about things. So, you know, it's really interesting to see what's happening through, um, you know, both AI in terms of that being a design tool and also, you know, people sort of putting this Oculus rift on their head, you know, this. Yes, yes, the yes. Oculus on their head, jumping into the metaverse, experiencing things in three dimension. Um, I mean, I've attended hotel design, you know, forums and conferences in there. So we were all sort of in this, you know, floating ship and your mind is tricked. You believe that you actually were there. You know, you experience it differently than a Zoom or being in front of uh, somebody. So I think that there may be virtual experiences that really impact um, the way, you know, hotels are designed, conceived, thought of, experienced, all the above. So that's something to think about. And then as people's exposure to these new technologies increases, the expectations of how they want to view their real world changes too. So, you know, we may see, I mean, we saw it already recently where I think it was Sam Smith at the Grammys, you know, wore this crazy outfit of, you know, sort of like this black pleather suit that was inflatable. So, you know, his arms oh, and his yes. legs were all puffed out, you know, mm -hmm. and he looked like an avatar that you'd see in a video game. Mm -hmm. And that's where we start to see sort of the real world just completely collide with things that we're seeing in fantasy land. And so I think there may be a resurge in the next 10 years to this sort of really fantastical design. Um, of course, there are going to be trends that are going to live, you know, innately people's desire to connect to nature. We talked about, you know, things that are inspired by a sense of place. We talked about that's not going to go away. But what are the emerging trends that we might see in the next decade? I think there's going to be a lot of room for fantasy. I think there's going to be new technologies that emerge with 3D printing and manufacturing that allow us to create furniture and drapery and all kinds of things that we just couldn't do before. So you'll start to see some of these really amazing sculptural objects that can be done with a one-off on a 3D printer to create, um, you know, furniture, lighting, you name it, rather than having to be mass produced. So I think there's going to be a lot more customization in design. And um, I, I mean, I'm excited to be part of it. I think it's going to be a really fun time to sort of bear witness to what's going to happen uh, with the next generation of talent and, and integrating some of this technology into it. So it's important to keep an open mind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and look, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, to me, it's the experience. It's how you're treated. It's what the service is like. It's how great the food is. It's what's, what does it smell like? It all has to come together, you know, and hit really the five senses uh, all at once, you know, and, and be immersed in it. You know, to me, that's really what makes great hospitality. It's It's at the end of the day, it's about the people. It's about how well they execute and um how they make you feel you know the space makes you feel one way the people without them you know nothing happens it's just it's a hollow you know shell and so mm -hmm. really it's about the life that you know the people are bringing into that space nice could you tell me a little more about your companies absolutely so i got my start you know as i mentioned sort of it and as a textile designer and 
I started a company 23 years ago called Libatech. So, you know, as a young designer, I, I sort of had a vision for being uh, an entrepreneur. I had a vision for having my own textile line and having my name on it and what I was inspired by at that time. At the time, I was leaning into really vintage 1940s uh, florals and tropicals. So that was my, you know, that was really where my inspiration was at that time. And I first tried selling those designs around to the industry and I didn't get any takers. Uh, my husband, you know, who was a, a young CPA, so thank God I had someone who knew, you know, the finance side of things, said to me, what do you need those companies for? You know, why can't you just do this yourself? And um, kind of the rest is history. I held my nose, jumped in. We wrote a little business plan. I mortgaged my house and I started Libatex, which was named for my great grandmother, whose name means love. So, uh, you know, right on the heels of Valentine's Day, she's been, uh, you know, the, the legacy of that company. And so 23 years later, here we are, um, we are, have over a thousand SKUs in stock. We provide fabrics to all the major hotel brands, lots of boutique companies and um, have upholstery and drapery fabrics that are all tested to meet the standards of the, you know, stringent standards of the hotel world, including some really great finishes that repel uh, liquids and really make it easy to maintain. So that's Libatex. And then I have a spinoff company that uh, was born 18 years ago, and that is Stacey Garcia Design Studio. Mm-hmm. And with that studio, um, how that happened was I had other manufacturers who were seeing what we were doing and said, hey, we love your patterns. Can we you know, partner together in some way? And so I spun off another company to be able to do that. And so we create collections for everything from floor to ceiling with companies, you know, all over the world. We're sold in 52 countries to the hospitality industry. And um, so we're designing everything from furniture, carpeting, luxury vinyl, tile, tile, textiles, wall covering, you name it. And um, that's through Stacey Garcia Design. And I have a really exciting announcement because we actually um, haven't even, you know, made this public. So this is the first time I'm talking about it. But we have signed... um, a deal with a company called Guest Supply, which is one of the largest suppliers um, to the hospitality industry. So you can get everything from them, you know, that you would need from shampoos, conditioners to, you know, sheets and bedding, but they also have a large FF&E arm. So you can get the furnishings and fixtures from them as well. So we've partnered with them on a theme and a scheme called It's Elemental all about sort of tapping into that whole wellness mindset, sort of taking the idea of copper and the energy of copper and the color of copper and the self-cleaning properties of copper as our jumping off point. And we have three beautiful guest room designs that are totally packaged, allowing independent properties to just press the easy button and, you know, order a room scheme that was designed by myself and my team in partnership with guest supply and they have um, it's already being skewed up on their website. So everything from upholstery to case goods, lighting, artwork, um, carpets, and you can special order, you know, the drapery and have the carpets measured and installed and have these beautiful schemes when we have them in three color combinations. So that's, that's really exciting to be able to bring that to market. Wow. When, when is that going to be available? So I mean, some of the products are up, I know I, I actually, we met with them yesterday and some of the products wow. are already live on their website. Yep. So that's, uh, you know, if somebody wants to look already at, uh, just go on to guest supply, you can put in Stacy Garcia or you can put in it's elemental 
and you will see the products populate and they are meant to really be, like I said, an easy button to mix and match. And um, we'll have the room renderings to make it really easy to say, yep, that's what I want in my property. Wow. So if somebody listening to this now were interested in in contacting you or uh, maybe uh, getting some direction, how could they do that? Or what could they do? Yep. We have a website, which is stacygarcia.com um, or stacygarciainc.com. So either one will work. And if you type in curated packages, we have an offer for your listeners that um, is a $250 value where if you're working on a property and you put in some of your inspiration, your photos, your pictures, we can help you curate a product to go along with it. If you're just doing a refresh and you're like, you know what, I need to reupholster, I need new drapes, I need a new uh, broadloom carpet or LBT, send us what you've got and we can make recommendations for you. And um, if you need deeper help than that, we have a wonderful network of interior designers and architects that we are happy to connect you with as well. That's awesome. I'll put that information in the show notes so everybody can access it. Awesome. That's that's incredible. Okay. I'm going to ask you a favor. Do you have a tip? Yeah. Do you have a tip you could offer our listeners? Something simple that they could run with quickly. Oh gosh! Um, in terms of like renovation, interior yeah, design, something, or anything, something that they could you know, start working on or do. I know I didn't. Well, no, that's okay. You know, honestly, if I had a tip for your listeners, um, I'm going to just sort of speak entrepreneur to entrepreneur here because I know a lot of your listeners are business people, yes. they're owners, they're operators, they're managers, and my tip for you is really not about design, um, and it's not about business. My tip for you is about um, taking the moments and um, remembering why we do what we do, because even when it's good, you know, it's one of those things during COVID, we're going, man, how are we going to survive? You know, how are we going to pull people through? How am I going to hold off on this renovation? And you're just worried about cash flow. Then you have the opposite problem. And it's like, wow, my hotel is jamming. Now I need more help. Now I need more people. Now we have to keep up the level of service. And I know as a small business owner, there are, you're working 24 seven. I mean, you're barely taking a vacation yourself. You're barely giving yourself time to breathe and renew. And I think, you know, my, my biggest tip or takeaway or advice, and, and this is as much for myself as for the listeners is, you know, to take the time to remember why we do what we do. You know, what is it that sparked our fire in the first place? You know, in this instance, most likely it's the love of um, hosting. It's the love of hospitality. It's the desire to provide a better life for our families. And, um, and to open our, our hearts, and I'm going to say our homes, because your properties really are an extension of you and the love you have for um, being in this industry. You don't get into this um, purely for the money. It takes <laughs> a lot of guts um, and, you know, sometimes not that much glory. And, and it's years of hard work to, to be successful in this industry. So, you know, remember why you do it. And then remember to take those moments for yourself, too. You know, if we're not pouring into ourselves, if we're not taking an afternoon to recharge our own batteries, we experience burnout. And so, you know, for me, it's really important. It's something I try to do with my team, you know, at least twice a year, um, better once a quarter, but, you know, go, I, I book an inspiration day and that might mean, you know, giving myself the afternoon off. It's always during the week. Okay. It's, you know, weekends are, you're probably working if you're in the hospitality industry, you know, you don't get a weekend off. So it's probably during the week and take the day and you block it on your calendar as an inspiration day. 
And that might mean, you know, going to a museum. It might mean going to a yoga center. It might mean going on a hike, you know, with your dog. It can mean whatever it means for you. It might mean going and doing a little recon, you know, going and giving yourself the treat of visiting someone else's property and sitting down for a nice slow meal and seeing how they do it, whatever it is for you, where you're getting inspiration, you know, you're getting new ideas and you're able to pour into yourself so that you can bring some fresh ideas and just a fresh version of yourself to your own business. Awesome. Awesome tip. This has been incredible. Is there anything I might have missed asking? Uh, You've shared so much. So I'm being greedy. Uh, No, thank you so much. I I really am just so grateful for the opportunity to reach your listeners just to sort of say, look, if I could visit all of your properties, um, that would be my mission. I love (laughs) to travel. I have the travel bug. I love people. I love talking to people and hearing their stories and, you know, just Again, if there's anything that we can do to collaborate on your projects, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, check out our website. I'm on social media too. So LinkedIn at Stacy Garcia Inc., um, Instagram at Stacy Garcia Inc. and Stacy Garcia Trade, Facebook. And um, so hit me up on those platforms. I, I love connecting with you. You know, if you're listening here, you know, just send me a note. Let's connect. Let's see if there's ever anything I can do, if you ever need advice on color on direction on being introduced i mean I, I send as i said interior designers and architects you know we connect with ownership groups all the time and we just love the idea of collaborating and creating the next spaces for people to enjoy and and for you to grow your businesses for you to innovate and grow your businesses so i look forward to hopefully connecting with all of you on those platforms and maybe to one day meeting you at some of the conferences or at your own property so uh let's stay in touch super i'll add those links to the show notes as well so they're easily accessible Excellent. Stacey, I want thank to thank you, you so, so much. This has been incredible and so much to think about. And I really appreciate being so generous with your time. This is Yeah, my pleasure. And I'm really excited to hear the podcast and to share it on our platforms. And Jerry, it's really nice to meet you and, you know, to have the opportunity to think about some of these questions too. So you're a great uh, interviewer. You've clearly done this before. <laughs> ah, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we should... Uh, meet at some point. I'll pop into your office next time in New York. Please do. That would be wonderful. And um, please send the links when these are live so that we can share also and try to get more listeners and uh, eyeballs on it. Will do. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was interior design specialist Stacey Garcia, and I really appreciate her taking the time to chat. I would encourage you to check out Stacey on her website at StacyGarciaInc.com, on LinkedIn at Stacy Garcia, on Instagram at Stacy Garcia Inc. and Stacy Garcia Trade, and on Facebook at Stacy Garcia Inc. You can find all of her links in the show notes. Are you going to be taking advantage of Stacy's offer to help you with your interior design? Let me know in the comments. We cover more about operating a hospitality property in the Guide to Owning and Operating a Hospitality Property Successfully course. You can find more information at keystonehpd.com course. You're going to have access to this episode for as long as you would like. But if you'd like to see all the bonuses you would have access to as a member of the Hospitality Property School Group, check out the short video in this episode post show notes. That's it for today's episode. 
Until next time, have a fun day. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you sign up for Insider Tips, say hi on social, and join one of our groups. And make sure you get your free copy of the How to Improve Your Hospitality Property Success. You can find all of the links in the show notes. great your house looks and smells when it's just been cleaned so fresh and somehow a clean house makes your head feel fresher too with a housekeeper from care you can reset your house and your head as often as you like for less than you think find a great housekeeper set a schedule that works for you and check cleaning off your to-do list so you can put your mind to other more fun things get the housekeeping help you need at care.com